Dear friend, thank you for joining us today. This is a new life program coming to you from Adventist All Radio, the voice of hope. Stay tuned in order to catch the exciting segments and items that are about to come your way. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. On today's Bible slot, we'll be having Brother Ian Mosi talk about running from the past. The health segment will be brought to us by Fred Bill Otino, and he will be talking about suicide. We also have marvelous tunes to spiritually lift you up. Let us listen to a song, Naskia Muito, by Gracious Singers. that you've liked that song by Gracious Singers. Let us now give room to Fred Bill Otieno with the health segment. Hello listener. This is another moment that Adventist World Radio whereby we bring you yet another health program. In our today's slot, killing oneself is an ordeal that many have witnessed. The situation leaves many with unanswered questions on why such an occurrence has to occur. This edition, hence, tells us more on the act of suicide. Thanks for joining me, and stay tuned to the end. I am your presenter, Fred Billy Otieno. You may have heard of suicide at one time or another. This may have been on the media 
or just witness it on the scene of happening. As fierce as it sounds, suicide is simply the act of one taking his or her own life. When suicide occurs, one has no doubt that something is in a mess in the victim's life. Suicide happens irrespective of one's race and health, among other things. Listener, it is quite true that people who commit suicide have a mental or emotional disorder. And the most underlying disorder in suicidal victims is depression. Perhaps you may be thinking of whether suicide has signs or symptoms. If so, then there we are. Suicide, just like any other disorder, has its own warning signs. But quite surprising, people do neglect some of the warning signs, probably unaware of their implications. Experiences like one having had a previous suicide attempt renders him or her vulnerable to suicide. Also, you may have heard of certain expression which sound or rather sink unwell in your mind. One's expression such as, you will be better off without me, maybe I won't be around, are quite disastrous. These are considered to be verbal suicide threats which suicide victims are bound to make. Subsequently, such threats many times end up being followed by suicide itself. Listener, I would like to believe that it is still fresh in your memory that depression is an enemy. As mentioned earlier, this is the most underlying disorder that causes suicide. According to researchers, over half of suicidal victims are said to undergo depression before committing the act. More so, expression of hopelessness and helplessness couple up to become suicidal. This makes on lose interest in future plans and hence find no need for survival. A suicidal person can also be seen losing possession of his or her valuables. One can detect an element of suicide if in a person who offers his belongings in quite unusual manner. This can be seen through giving away of prized possession without any condition or consideration. As if that is not enough, daring is another suicidal sign. A person with daring or risk-taking behavior is equally likely to commit suicide. Get it that. Such a person will be only but exposing how suicidal he or she is, though hiding in the image of bravery and courage. Remember that. The largest percentage of suicidal persons show it much earlier. Such victims are likely to show some signs of their intentions. This can be shown through such people talking about suicide or even threatening to commit the act. Listen, it is my hope that you wouldn't love to sit back and watch helplessly to the agony of a suicidal colleague or person. Well, what then can one do on suspecting elements of suicide in someone? The situation, however threatening it may sound, has some tips for containing it. Listener, before any action, one has to ensure or rather trust its instincts. The person may be in trouble. Then, talk to the person about your concern. Remember that this kind of communication requires a lot of listening. You need to determine if he or she has a specific plan of carrying out the suicide. One needs to understand that the more detailed the plan, 
the greater the risk. This then calls for asking of direct questions without being judgmental. After this, it is advisable never to leave the person alone. Hence, get professional assistance even if the person resists. This can be preferably from a mental health professional. During the process, avoid appearing to be shocked or becoming judgmental to the person. Equally, do not cancel the person yourself. Listener, as we have seen, suicide mostly emanates or roots from mental or emotional disorders. Suicide occurs mostly when the several warning signs are realized. It is vital for one to realize that a suicide victim requires assistance for survival. Apart from what we've been talking about, we still have to look at other medical suicide preventive mechanisms. And this is why you have to be sure to join me next time for another health slot. In our next program, thus, we will be looking at suicide among youths and most of the overall health measures in fighting suicide. Until then, it has been my great pleasure to be with you for today's health segment. I have been your presenter, Fred Bilotino. Thank you for joining me. Goodbye and God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us. Remember to send us your views, comments, or questions about the program by writing to the producer, Adventist World Radio, PO Box 42276-00100 Nairobi, Kenya, or email us through awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. I'll be back after this track. Nataka Nimjuo Yesu by Gracious Singers.
Brother Ian Musa will now quench a spiritual thirst. Please stay tuned until the end. Greetings dear listener and welcome to our study today. The topic of our study is learning from the past. I am your presenter Ian Musa. Think for a moment what would have happened at the Jordan River if the priest had hesitated to move forward at the Lord's command. The Jordan River was in flood stage, Joshua chapter 3 verse 15, and its angry waters had overflowed its banks and were raging. The roar of its rushing water resounded against the sky, but the 40 years in the wilderness were ended and at God's command, Joshua told the priest to lead that host of millions through the Jordan River and get ready to possess the land of Canaan. They were to step right into the roaring water and trust God to protect his people. Suppose those priests had pressed for a committee meeting to discuss the radical command to march the entire encampment into an apparent death trap. The people were already unnerved at the water's swelling roar. Any hesitation on the part of the priests would have caused the people to panic and refuse to go forward. Everything was at stake. The Canaanites were watching. Any sign of fearfulness here could have brought them charging out to attack God's people. When the priests came to the water's edge, it did not part. It seemed suicidal to step into the, those dangerous floods waters. But the priests kept walking until they splashed right into the water. Joshua chapter 3 verse 15. Then the waters at once stopped flowing, and the entire encampment went across into Canaan on dry ground. Are you standing by Jordan's storming waters today? There are 1,000 reasons why it seems folly for you to make a decision to go forward. It signifies a complete yielding of the entire life and a willingness to move forward in obedience regardless of the consequences. It's not easy. Are you saying, open up the way and I'll go forward? But God's plan is just the opposite. He says, you go forward and I will open up the way. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. The miracles come when we move forward by faith. I'm just glad that somebody at the head of the line had strong faith when Moses gave the orders to go forward into the sea. And just as surely as the waters parted under their feet, so will the forbidden circumstances disappear as God's people today move forward in obedience to him. It is interesting to note that the next move was up to the people in the days of Moses, and the same is true for those who have departed from spiritual bondage. God cannot and will not make the decision for us, but as soon as we take the first step in obedience, he fills us with the power to overcome every obstacle. 
some might object that I am pressing too hard upon those who are lingering in the twilight zone of indecision. You may get offended by my strong urging for you to act quickly to follow Jesus. But please remember that I am addressing those who may be living their last night on earth. I do not believe it is possible to obey God too quickly, and somehow, I don't think anyone will ever chide me in heaven because I made the call to them clear, concise, and urgent. I'm very much in earnest about it because I have seen the results of waiting too long. I could fill this book with the emotional stories of those who postponed surrender until their hearts were cold and unresponsive. Further, I could give names and places where nightly attendees of the crusade meetings were taken in a moment by sudden accident or death. Time after time, I have made calls for decision, not realizing that there were people in the audience listening to their last invitation to be saved. But why is it that such a comparative few respond to those calls for surrender? Why should anyone need to be begged to enter the glorious salvation of our Lord? I want to answer those questions in such a way that you will never forget it. Even Jesus confirmed that only a few will be willing to follow the narrow road to heaven. Most will choose the broad road of death where the great majority will be traveling. Then we have that shocking statement by the master to which we have already referred. As the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Matthew chapter 24 verse 37 How many were saved in those days from the global disaster? Only hate had the faith in God's word to be shut in that monstrosity of a boat. They were the only survivors. Will there be any kind of proportionate number spared? In the days of the Son of Man, all agree that this is talking about the end of the world and the coming of Jesus. I've heard the statement, Oh, if I had lived in those days, I would have gone into the ark with faithful Noah. How easy it is to say what we would have done under a certain conditions of the past. Others have talked about the noble martyrs who died for their faith during the Dark Ages and have stated with great assurance that they would have gladly laid down their lives for the truth's sake also. Now it may be true that some would have died for their faith, but few have any conception of what it meant to stand for Christ during those terrible days. Those brave men and women who were burned at the stake, thrown to the wild animals, or tortured in medieval dungeons could have saved their lives by a simple motion of the hand. In most cases, they were offered amnesty and immediate freedom if they signaled their willingness to renounce their faith. So the choice was very clear as they watched the dry fagots being heaped around them. They could suffocate in the midst of the punishing smoke and flame or else walk back into the comfort of home and family. Untold millions chose the heroic but horrible living death rather than deny their savior. How many Christians of your acquaintance have that kind of self-sacrificing faith and love? Which ones will have followed the martyrs to the stake or the arena? Some might had they lived in those days. But of one thing we can be certain, only those who would rather die right now than to break God's holy law will have proved loyal to him during those years of severe persecution. Unfortunately, we live in an easy, permissive age where self-denial is decidedly out of fashion. Truth has become very negotiable in the relaxed ecumenical climate of contemporary religion. 
pluralism has become so acceptable that membership applicants are given a wide range of what they may believe or not believe. Very few, if any, issues of doctrine are considered important enough to even contend for, much less die for. There are notable exceptions, of course, but these are often found outside the comfortable counters of the so-called Christian West. Listener, Christ died to forgive all of our sins. Let us not dwell upon our past sins, but again, let us not forget how God has been leading us in the past. Let us not forget Gethsemane, where our victory was gained. Thank you, listener, for your time. I was your presenter, Ian Thank you for making Adventist already a favorite station. It has been great and I hope through the mercies of God will join me next time. Don't forget to send us your views, questions or comments about the program by writing to the producer, Adventist Already, P.O. Box 42276, code 00 Nairobi, Kenya, or email us through awr at I've been a presenter, Samuel Mang. Until then, stay safe, stay blessed. Oh